Hello this week in Marvel listeners. This is Marvel.com assistant editor Mark Strom, and I am sitting here in sunny, far too hot Burbank with Dave Boat. Huzzah! Who is the voice of Thor in Ultimate Spider-Man, as well as many voices in the Marvel Mashup series. Mm-hmm. And we're actually here, you guys are recording Marvel Mashup Fantastic Four right, right now. Right. So who all is it that you voice in that one? Well, at least so far, Thing, one of the scrolls. Yes. And Narrator. You know. Okay. Meanwhile, back at... You know, that's sort of <laughs> This is your first Marvel mashup? I was Spider-Man. Okay. I think I was Thor also in a in one episode there. And Red Skull. I think I did Red Skull as well. It was very fun. Red Skull has one of my favorite bits in the Marvel mashups. Oh, where yes. it's, it's the thing where it's the map, but the map sort of looks yeah. like just a broken window. <laughs> yes. This is why we can't have good things. <laughs> yes. This is why we can't have good things. <laughs> it's fantastic. Thanks. All right. Yeah, so you're an old hat at this. Yeah, it's very fun. It's a real honor. What's it been like? Were you familiar at all with the shows at all when oh, they were yeah, originally yeah. on? Oh, sure. The era of show that we're parodying here, I think I was last years of high school into college. Mm-hmm. I'm dating myself here. But still loved watching it. I mean, I got a lot of guff for still watching cartoons when I was <laughs> that age, but I still do and nobody says anything. But the guy go further back than that even, like the original Captain America and mm-hmm. Iron Man yeah. and Thor and all that stuff. But no, I watched I watched these. I was totally familiar with them. So what's it like then to go back and revisit them in this way? This is actually kind of stuff we did around the college dorm while we'd watch them, you know? Have a couple of beers and you start lipping. Because one of my favorite movies at the time growing up was uh, What's Up, Tiger Lily, the Woody Allen film where he takes a Japanese pulp movie and puts over his own dialogue. And it's a very funny film. If people haven't checked it out, they should. What's Up, Tiger Lily had a huge impression on me. And the uh, mystery science theater stuff, that same sort of irreverence I really enjoyed. So this is right up my alley. I love this sort of stuff. So I know that you guys do a good deal of improvisation in these sessions when you're recording over these. Have there been any moments when you've been recording where you or someone else maybe has just sort of come up with their own thing and you just haven't been able to control yourself and just burst into laughter? Oh, it's like every other take, it seems, you know, or or in between takes. We do some amount of improvisation on this particular project, but there's really not a lot of time to do much because it it flies by so quickly. The the scripts are very tight and and very cool and very well put together, so we might have a concept here and there where we can shoot something in, or but it's tough to, like, extend a line or to insert something is very difficult. We might have an alternative line here and there, but for the most part, Part, we're keeping pretty close to script. Mm-hmm. And as we were talking about before we started this, you're also the voice of Thor. Oh, yes. On... <laughs> Superhero Squad, amongst other things. And yeah. Superhero Squad and on Ultimate Spider-Man. Yes, yes. Um, a couple of episodes there, I think. Yeah, and I remember just recently, a few weeks ago, I saw the episode where Thor gets turned into a frog. Oh, yes. In that one. So I was wondering, what was that like sort of bringing to life Thor frog or Throg, as we like to call him around the office. Ribbit. Wow. It can kind of throw you. I mean, that that is to say, having a a voice that you're starting with Mm -hmm. and then to throw in another element of it is always fun. This seemed kind of natural and kind of open to any kind of comic bit, you know, the, the obvious being the, the ribbit, you know, whatever, the frog voice. But, yeah, it can be kind of difficult 
and it could come up as just sort of a slow gargle mm -hmm. if, if you get crossed up. I don't know. I guess one of the funner elements of doing voiceover is just having a challenge thrown at you like that. And, you know, it wasn't like jumping through a hoop of fire, but, you know, it was fun. We got it done. We tried out a few things, and then they finally nudged me where they wanted, and that's what we got. So, as you said, you also voiced Thor on Superhero Squad. Right, right. And you voiced him on Ultimate Spider-Man. In your mind, are those two separate voices? Are those two separate characters? A little bit. They just directed me a little less comic in the mm -hmm. Ultimate Spider-Man series. More in tune of what I was doing as the Ultimate Avengers films was the first time I did the Thor voice for okay. Marvel. And that was not comic at all. Although there were some comic moments in the uh, extras that we got to play with that were very fun. But they wanted something a little more serious, a little more godlike, you know, mm -hmm. than kind of the goofy Thor that we have in Superhero Squad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. And Something that I've been talking about with everyone so far today is mm. sort of their origins in acting and voice acting and everything. And I was curious, what got you your start? Well, just sort of a born clown, like a lot of people who get into this business, got in a lot of trouble in school, you know, cutting up and making people laugh. So like to entertain, have since I was a kid, pretty good sense of mimicry. That was the first thing, and just being able to duplicate voices or do impressions of some sort. And then, of course, being in love with cartoons. Mm -hmm. But getting into voice acting directly, I mean, I, didn't, I came to it fairly late in life compared to some people. I, uh, my first professional job, I was 38. Oh. No, 30, 39, yeah. Started studying it about a year prior to that, but then, you know, got an agent and started working. But I've been doing it full-time now, about... 12, 13 years, and it's just a friend of a friend knew somebody in the business, and she happened to be teaching a class, and I went and took the class and just totally fell in love with it. Burned up my savings taking classes, got an agent, started working. It was just something I had a natural ability for. It felt very comfortable as soon as I started doing it. And was acting something that you had done before very much at all? Yeah, not so much formally as far as training. I did, once I absorbed myself, like, this is what I want to do, I took tons of acting classes, scene study classes, drama and what have you, and just improv and various facets of acting. Prior to that, it was mostly just being a complete vacuum of pop culture, <laughs> you know, television, uh, certainly all the, you know, animated shows, movies of every genre, television, comics, that is to say, comedy records. When I was a kid, it was Bill Cosby records, and then moved on to, you know, Richard Pryor and George Carlin and various other folks, and just sort of absorbed that like a sponge, just loved it, watched Carson every night when I was a kid, so... I was familiar with how the machine worked, how the mechanism worked. It helped me develop comic timing. Let's right. Put it that way. I saw it in use, and I was able to absorb it that way. Right, right. So then once you took that initial class and got your agent and everything, how did you go about breaking into the industry at that point? Into voiceover or into animation specifically? Both, I guess. Yeah, because there are different areas of voiceover. Animation is they're so... There's some people who are so great at it. They mm -hmm. get, of course, work all the time. And I get to work with some of them on this show. I sort of covet the amount of work. <laughs> some of them is like, wow, one of these days I'll be able to work every day. It hasn't happened yet, but no complaints. I'm happy with what I'm doing, but you can always want to do more. Yeah. So 
it could be a little tough to get in and get known. And it took a few years of, you know, having callback auditions, getting close on some things, maybe get a single role on one thing. Uh, the Superhero Squad was the first series I'd ever gotten as, oh, uh, as a regular, cool. which was great. And that's how I got to know the Marvel folks and how I got to do other things. Well, the movies, the Ultimate, Ultimate Avengers. Avengers. Yeah, but Lion, Lionsgate did those. Right, yeah. right, exactly. But that's how I got to know some of the people around you know, Marvel. They were familiar mm-hmm. with the stories. So, yeah, it's just sort of getting known, getting in, people getting to know you and know that you can do consistently good work. Mm-hmm. They can count on you. Mm-hmm. So they don't want to waste time at sessions. They want to make sure they can get things right. And, you know, that just comes with time and practice mm-hmm. and exposure. Yeah, very yeah. cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we can let you go so hey. that you can get back to the recording session. Yeah. But thank you so much for my, talking with my us My great Dave. pleasure. My great pleasure. All right. This is This Week in Marvel. That was the chair, by the way. That wasn't me. <laughs> it sounded like gas. Heavens. Uh, you've been listening to This Week in Marvel. This is Marvel.com assistant, Mark Strom. And I've been sitting here speaking with Dave Boat. And you can watch Dave, or hear Dave, rather, in Ultimate Spider-Man as Thor, and also in the Marvel mashup interstitials in between episodes of Ultimate Spider-Man and the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, inside Marvel Universe on Disney XD, this is Marvel, your universe. Marvel.